hey, you know what to do, you're grown, you know what's right. 19, 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast. I am your boy, The Tank. That is Dylan Lark. Uh, well, backwards on Twitter. Hey, you boy, The Tank on Twitter. Join the day. We got a full house here today. Harrison Tart is back in the building at, by Harrison Tart. Daniel Locke is back as well. He's never left at Daniel J. Locke. And we are joined today by the former president of the AU Jungle, Mr. Jacob Hillman. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Monday evening after a women's basketball W. Can't be better. <laughs> Before we get into women's basketball, we got to start with uh, men's basketball. Who we're riding high on women's basketball right now, but we're on <laughs> we're on the low ends of men's basketball. Who are coming off their second loss in a row when we lost to West Virginia Mountaineers in the ICC Big Twelve Challenge, and the scores blanking on me was eighty seventy seven. Was that correct? I don't have it written down anywhere. Yes, eighty seventy seven, and in a complete heartbreaker of the game, Auburn came back. And couldn't get it done. Janai Broom put up 15 points in the second half, but it was all for naught for the Tigers. I'll tell you what, if there's an ever, ever any a prime example of Jabba, that would have probably been it. Um, that, that was a tough one. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys catch all loose here in a second. Hillman, we got a lot of questions to ask of you since we don't get your time very often. Uh, but uh, I would like to give you guys a nice visual. I was riding shotgun and uh, Billy's. Oop, I just got a little notification about someone who's going to come on the show on Sunday, boys. Sorry. Uh, great news. Uh, I, I was watching uh, the game on Billy's. Like, t- he's the smaller phone than I do, which is like a really t- tough time for 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 me to comprehend. Um, and the, riding shotgun in his Jeep Wrangler on the way to a wedding. So there were a lot of weird vibes going on for me. And then it cut out. And then when it came back in, Auburn had closed the gap. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like it's going to happen. And um, then here we are. So Hillman, uh, first, I'm just going to pitch the question to you. uh, And then I usually run point for basketball and then this is going to shock you, but Dylan does the same for football. Uh, But uh, I'll I'll go here. Yeah. Well, Daniel, you're our women's basketball guy and I cut you loose. I try not to cut you off. We had to struggle there at the beginning because I wouldn't (laughs) shut up, but here I am now. All right. I I know that Hillman's shocked that I don't shut up, Um, but (laughs) not at all. I got a a real question for you. Um, At what point? Um, does does Bruce Pearl's team have to look in the mirror and say, wow, we are really not good at stopping guards? Well, I think Wednesday is going to be a great test because you've got Terry Roberts coming into town, a, a guy you couldn't stop earlier in January. And it's something that has obviously been a consistent thing with Auburn, not being able to guard Tyrese Radford, West Virginia. Eric Stevenson was – I give a little bit of slack on Stevenson. He just got hot from three, and you weren't going to stop him. Uh, you really couldn't defend that either. Whereas Radford, Gigi Jackson, guys like that, uh, Roberts, and then you go back to non-conference play, the, the USD and the Memphis guards had their way with Auburn. It's something that you're going to have to live with, I think. You're going to have to limit. Go back to that Arkansas game, bouncing back from the Georgia loss when Auburn really limited Arkansas and especially their guards. So I, I think that's the big thing is it was a two, three zone that game. I don't know if that's going to be the case going forward, but that two, three zone seemed to work against Arkansas and Auburn never trailed in that game. So maybe that's something the Tigers go back to. I don't know what coach Pearl has in plan. I don't, we'll see. But what I like about this matchup on Wednesday is you have film to base it off of. You have mistakes to fix. So 
I think that's the key on Wednesdays. Uh, just doing kind of what you did in those Arkansas through South Carolina games, Mississippi State as well, uh, just to prevent guards from going off. I think you bring up a good point. And, and Dylan and Daniel, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this one to you guys. Yeah, we, we know about Roberts uh, at, at UGA, but we can't forget about a young man by the name of Cairo Quindo. Uh, I mean, the, the guy just when, – whenever Georgia seems to need a bucket, it feels like if Roberts is not on, Aquindo is. And uh, that's been kind of the shtick of Mike White teams, right, getting one guard to bail another guard out and not really having anyone to come off the bench. It's kind of been his shtick for years. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts, and we'll, we'll start with Daniel. You know, you can't concentrate on too much on one guy, but, but Roberts has the, the capability of taking over a basketball game. So so, so where do you approach this um, if, you're, if you're looking at from what's been – let's call spade a spade a lackluster guard group at times um, at Auburn and, and a group that's definitely been doubted. Um, right. So the thing is, um, and this, this is not Bruce Pearl slander at Michael Floyd. This is just kind of a fact. You've got to be willing to try different things. I'm sorry. I said it. If someone's hot, they're hot, but you've got to try to slow them down one way or the other. So just if it's not working, change something for the love of God, man. Like, it drives me nuts when I'm watching these games and just one guy, whether it be Eric Stevenson or the guy from A&M or the Georgia guy I'm talking about right now, his name's escaping me because it's been a long day. Gary Quindo. Right. Gary Roberts. Th those are the ones. So <laughs> when those guys start to cook, you've got to find something. So I, I guess you start you start with – um. Zepp and Wendell, your, your two best guards, who defensively at least. Um, it, it starts there, okay? If they're not working, see what KD can do. Don't linger too long on that if that's not working either, because if that's not working at the beginning, it's not going to work, period. Switch again. Well, I do think in that West Virginia game, we saw KD come on and turn things up, so it's a good thing to see positives from him, especially in that second half. He, he took over in that second half for sure. I'll tell you this though, Hillman. I, to your point about KD and, and Dylan, I promise you're going to get to talk here in a second. I, I know that you're that you're you're just salivating over there in your AU hoops uh, trucker hat you got going on. Uh, but there are times where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's very good that KD Johnson's on the defensive end of the floor, and then you watch him with his shot selection. You're like, is it worth it? And 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 I know he's he's good at circus shots. I mean, we've got a couple of guards uh, at, on the planes that are pretty good at that, Hillman. Uh, but sometimes you, you got to sit there and wonder how much of it, how nervous do you get when, when Katie Johnson starts putting the ball on the floor? Well, the thing is, is I, I know what's going to happen. So I'm not very nervous. It's more, <laughs> all right, I hope this goes in. Uh, but for real, he is, if he finds a rhythm like he had the first half of last season, January of last year, I would say, and he can find that, hey, look, who knows? Maybe if he just put, February of 2023 with November through November of 2021 through into January of 2022 together, you put together a full season of Katie Johnson. I don't know. May, maybe we'll see. Uh, I just need to see more of that. And, and what we saw in the second half Saturday, that was a good start. He, he, he was forcing steals. That's what he's best at. And sure. he was able to get to the, get to the, get to the basket and score with it. Uh, made, made a couple threes. So just all those things coming together in one half gives me some optimism for Katie Johnson down the road. Sure. I don't, I don't disagree at all. Um, and, and Dylan, I'm going to give you the opportunity to talk about guards. I'm also going to go ahead and pose that second point question to you that we always talk about every week. 
who you watch it for against Georgia to have a very important, if not big game, but very important game. Um, we'll let you lead off with the guard play. I know that you're you're ready to rant, but you got yeah, your, that gonna, out on Sunday. I'm gonna I'm gonna do uh, what a what Josh Pate would do, but instead of the paper pop, I'm gonna do the. I got a, I got a lot of notes on the guard play. So yeah, Auburn got their fifth loss fifth loss of the season, and these five losses all have one common thing in common. Those guards Auburn can't stop. Eric Stevenson, 31 points. Tyrese Radford, 30 points. Terry Roberts, 26 points. Boogie Ellis, 28 points. And Kendrick Davis, 27 points. And Kendrick Davis is a bit of a misnomer out of all these guys, strictly because he's averaging 21 points a game. These other guys, Eric Stevenson averages 13.9. Radford, 13.6. Roberts, 15.4. And Boogie Ellis, 16.3. And when you look at Auburn's guard play, Wendell Green is usually the one you trust to guard the point guard of, or Zeb Jasper or whichever one, but Zeb Jasper is six foot one ish. And Wendell Green is not six foot. Don't let ESPN lie to you. He's not five. <laughs> Don't let him lie to you. Uh, these guards are not small. that are scoring these points. Eric Stevenson is six foot four. Tyrus Radford is six, two. Kendrick Davis, again, misnomer six foot. Boogie Ellis is six, three. And Terry Roberts is six, three as well. These are some tall guards that Auburn has doesn't have the height to cover when they shoot. Like these four, five, these five guards aren't your drive in and try to score under the bucket guys. These are your I'm going to shoot over to you because you're putting a short guy on me, <laughs> and it terrifies me looking down the stretch because there's a point forward in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, who isn't your typical drive in forward. He will. He's not your typical forward. basketball player. Hold on now. <laughs> I don't want to compare him to Jabari Smith, but he has the height and the frame of Jabari Smith. And Auburn doesn't have a single player on this team that can guard him. And if someone's going to break the streak of us losing the guards, putting up 25 points, it's going to be Alabama because Brandon Miller is going to put up 30 points if we can't find a way to stop him. And I feel like Auburn's best chance of stopping him, we haven't seen in two games. He hasn't played since he popped off in South Carolina. I don't know where he is. Does anyone have any idea where Johan Treor is? That's what I'm talking about. No. Crickets. That, that I, I, crickets. I my guess would be the return of Chris Moore. Kind of put him back down on the depth chart, but still. It's a valid question. Yeah. And, like Brandon Miller is six foot ten or six nine. He's one of the two. It doesn't really matter when you're that tall. <laughs> Janai Broom is not a perimeter defender. He is under the basket. And if you want to make a perimeter defender, who's going to guard on the basket? You're going to have Dylan Cardwell getting starting minutes and put Janai Broom in the court? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to have – you. I think Johan Traor has has the only little bit I, – I, Jay Will could probably do it, but probably couldn't do it as well as Johan Traor at full potential could. But it, it begs the question, just – I ask it again. Where is Johan? He just had his come-out party against South Carolina. And we've lost two games in a row where he has had zero minutes on the court. I go back to what Daniel said. It's not discrediting BP's work at all, but like, where's where's our beef at over there? It, so we have Brandon Miller in five games. Tell me, go ahead. It's interesting because he was getting minutes prior to that South Carolina game, and it was all building up to that. At where he wasn't contributing as much. He, he was getting six, seven minutes and wasn't contributing a lot. But then 
like you said, the South Carolina game, he looked confident out there. He made a couple threes. He had that big dunk. It was something that I don't know if it was going to change his entire season or forecast of it, but it certainly looked good for Auburn in the fact that he was going to contribute and be a difference maker. And whether it's in that Alabama game against a guy like Brandon Miller or just in general throughout the season, I, I certainly thought there was a chance to really build on that game and, and let him start to shine. I don't disagree. Dylan, we're going to start with you. Uh, player to watch for Auburn that if they have a big game could really be impactful um, against Georgia tomorrow. I don't want, I don't want to take away from y'all's conversation, but we do have some other, other stuff to get to, to get to. Yeah, we do. Uh, I think it's just going to be whoever's on Terry Roberts. I mean, I, I look out for Wendell Green. I think he'll try to have a back or a comeback game than what he did. I, I trust Wendell Green, but man, defense has got to step up in the guard play. You're right. Daniel, let's hear it. Um, Leor Berman and Chance Westry. Okay. Um, <laughs> right. I heard all this Chance Westry hype all season. Um, the clock's ticking. Uh, I want to see some hoops, some, some dribbling, some moving up the court, some shooting. Okay, um, Hillman. Well, usually I would say Jalen Williams in every game because I, I seriously life. think until until he really t- takes over and you know becomes the alpha dog on this team, uh, I, I still think he can do that. But for this game specifically, I'm going to go with Katie Johnson. Coming off that second half against West Virginia, going against his former team, you got the guard play of Georgia. Let's see it. Let's see it all come together two games in a row, I guess a game and a half. But that, if he does that, I have a lot of faith going into the rest of the season, regardless of how these next several games go, because you're in a tough spot. I, What's the gauntlet? Right. I, it, it's tough. And, you know, if you, if you look good tomorrow night against Georgia, then how, then next, I think next Tuesday at Texas A&M becomes just almost not really a game you have to win, but a game you win and you feel really good about where you're at. So I, I think Katie Johnson continuing to stay on track at, against Georgia that will all that that turns into stopping the guards and more offensive productive productivity. That is what we need uh, uh, against Georgia. Well, I'm going to be really quick here with my pick, and I'm going to throw it back to uh, to Hillman for a little uh, segment I invented called Hillmania Talks Hoops. Um, you're welcome. I built that out for you. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Alan Flanagan. Uh, actually, uh, this is a guy that it feels like it's a roller coaster with him uh, throughout this whole year. And it, it is, we, we, we used to joke the Bo Nix experience. I think that we could probably make an argument for the Alan Flanagan experience. Um, and uh, you're, you're going to see phenomenal highlight reel dunks that'll get the jungle losing their mind. You're also going to see some really, really painful turnovers. Uh, the biggest thing I want to see out, out of Alan Flanagan are two, th- two things. I don't mind the turnovers as much as I mind the shot selection. Uh, the shot selection really, really can grind my gears early in the shot clock. You're late in the shot clock. I get it. I understand. Um, putting the ball on the floor. I don't love it. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, he's he, he, I know he's listed as a guard. In my mind, he's just kind of a short forward. Uh, he, he really plays that 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 three position in, in my in my head cannon. I know that he dribbles the ball probably more than most forwards do, unless your name is LeBron James. Um, but <laughs> he's one of those guys that if, if he has a good night, Auburn tends to have a good night. 
Um, if he doesn't have a good night, Auburn could still wind up having a good night, but it's it's more of uphill sledding because he does add value on the defensive end of the floor, specifically on the boards. So that, that that's who that's who I'm going to keep my eye out on. Um, if if Flanagan has a good game, I feel good about Auburn's chances against Georgia tomorrow. Question: Looking at the bigger picture here, Hillman, okay. and and I'm, I'm asking you this because we've all kind of beat this horse to death, and I'm, I'm interested to get your insight here. Auburn basketball not in the spot that they were a couple games ago. I just call a spade a spade. Um, they hung on for your life, wound up in the top 25 again this week. And I think if they don't win their next two games, they will probably be out of the top 25. I think it, one more loss is probably all it takes unless you go on a nice little decent run here. How does Auburn course correct to a point where they should have some form of confidence heading into the month of March and April? Well, it certainly starts with the defense. The things we've we, we've already talked about so far. It, Stopping the guards, not letting guys, those superstars, those scoring guards go off for 25-plus every single game. That That's first and foremost. But I do think on the offensive end, I, I also touched on this, Jalen Williams coming into his own and, and really just uh, becoming that, that alpha on the team and, and, and taking a lot of shots throughout a game and, and, and being the guy that they look at. And, and I know his teammates do this. He talks about this every time. Every time Andy Bertram talks to him on the Regis Bank postgame show, he says this. He says, my teammates tell me to keep shooting the ball. And I wish he would listen more and more because he is such a talented player. That mid-range sky hook he's got is automatic. It was automatic on Saturday against West Virginia. And he can shoot the three ball well. He knows how to get to the basket with that left hand. He's, he's beginning to remind me a little bit of Chuma Okiki, that final four year where, you know, freshman year Chuma, he, he, he was, you didn't really think much of him. He, he was a good player. He was grabbing rebounds. He could score some, but in that, in that sophomore year towards the second half of it. Yeah, exactly. Chuma Okiki, he just went crazy. Now, obviously Jalen Williams, different story. He's a senior. He, he sat behind so many different guys now and I think he had for those three years, he'd settled in to whatever role he was given and, and he was a team leader and he was happy about it. But this year is the year he needs. Yeah. You could say this is the year and <laughs> this, this could be the time Jalen Williams really takes over. Now, obviously we're, we're well past most of the year. So maybe this is the month February where Jalen Williams becomes one of his own and he, he really dominates and, is the leading scorer on this team for several games. He he can win you games. He can go up. We saw that Mississippi State game when he scored 21 points. It was like, whoa, this, this can happen consistently. And obviously it hasn't happened consistently since then. He had, he had a nice game uh, following that up against LSU and then South Carolina. But in these losses, it, it's, it's, it's the same thing where it feels like he disappears for half the game. And if he, if he's there shooting shots and, getting out of his funk and creating openings for his teammates. That's what changes his team. And, and I really think can uh, open things up for Auburn because I, mean, Bird, he's great. Wendell green can be great. And Alan Flanagan, we, we saw the flash these past couple of weeks where it's like, all right, hello. If he picks it up still, I mean, you, you've got a great starting five that can, can really, I, I think, I think can deliver in March. They just don't look. They just don't look like it right now. It's just got. It's got to come together. And I think Jalen Williams is, is the glue for that. 
Well, let's not forget before we transition over, and I'm about to open the floor up to Daniel for a women's big time women's basketball win tonight. But let's not forget that uh, 2019 Final Four team didn't look that great right now at this point. There's there no, they season. did not. So four years. This is airing Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. Four four years ago, yesterday was an Auburn versus Missouri game that I think it was the last time I remember the jungle being as empty as it was. I, I kind of want to get the exact attendance number because it was nowhere near a sellout. Yeah. Well, was, go ahead. You're welcome to chime that one in while we're talking women's women's hoops. You're welcome to look that one up while we talk it. Here it is. We're not going to hurt. Oh, you got it? 7,213 people were in attendance. Ugh. Four years ago. Auburn versus Missouri. Auburn was uh, 14 and six overall, three and four in SEC play, defeated Missouri 92 58. Missouri was one and six in SEC play at this point, so not a very good team. But good night. That's my point. There, Auburn's six and two in SEC play. Over the next two weeks, likely that's going to change. But you're in a good spot. You just got to figure things out tomorrow against Georgia. Well, let's move from a team that's six and two in SEC play and talk about a team that's three and six in SEC play. One's pretty exciting last night, wasn't it? Uh, it's, you're you're not entirely wrong. We're coming fresh off of this, and Daniel Locke and uh, Jacob, you were all also on site there. You guys got to see the what was it called, the Groove and Grands, or I don't remember what they're called, but they were. Uh, that's that was. Were. I'm so mad it wasn't there. Um, like I said, hey, if, if Rihanna beats that in two weeks, then that's going <laughs> to be a halftime show. That, that's all I got to say. All right, I'm going to open this up to Mr. Locke, and I'm going to let him kind of roundtable this one while we while we kind of power through and get ready for some crouton later on. And, uh, Daniel, the floor is yours for the third consecutive SEC win, first time in six years for the Auburn women's basketball program. Absolutely. So um, my internet's kind of spotty, so I'm not going to test ESPN. So we're doing this the old-fashioned way tonight. But I love it. I love it. Two double-doubles, okay? That's great. All right, Carissa Richardson. Phenomenal night. Hold on, let me find her on my sheet here. Career night. Uh, I'm looking at Florida. That's probably my fault. 15 and okay. 7. All right, we're ready to go. 15 and 7. 17. That's hard to say. 15 and 17. I, right. That's what I meant to say. Aisha Kulabali, 14 points, 11 rebounds. That's what it's going to take right there. More than Aisha Kulabali scoring, rebounding, passing the ball. Excellent ball movement. Like, I think Coach Jay should go to the next men's practice and coach some ball movement because <laughs> the women can do it. The women are great well at it. I don't know what's going on with the men's team, but <laughs> Coach Jay's doing it right, okay? And just the, the way this team fights, and they got down nine early. They held Florida without a point for 10 minutes. In this, no, like eight minutes. In the nine quarter. and a half. Yeah, Nine and a half. I was close. to the third quarter. Yeah. So they completely erased the deficit in no time flat. And they do this thing that really annoys me sometimes where they'll be down like eight or nine and then they'll get to being down like two and then they'll give up a six or an eight-oh run and then you're right back where you started. Welcome to Auburn Athletics. Welcome to being an Auburn fan. Because I was prepared to tweet about that. I already had some (laughs) tweets draft about how they were like down again. But luckily, I got to delete those, and that felt good to delete those. So, yeah, just the main point is great team effort tonight. They moved the ball around. They got the ball inside, which is where this team is best, and they stayed out of foul trouble. And something else I think 
to add on to you're down eight or nine and you you make a nice run and, and it felt like a lot of these games where the the opposing team answered right back and with its own run of 10 points or so something else I mean winning by 11 I feel like it was a big deal the, the man these past couple games the first two games of this winning streak holy cow heart like heart attack games and you're like all right these wins are nice but how are we get a comfortable one and going into that fourth quarter, you're up 10, and I'm thinking, they're going to make it this close, aren't they? Sure enough, just Auburn answering every single forward a bucket, turning the Gators over, it, just doing all these great things that I don't know if that if the team that if this team two or three weeks ago does, they made the, they made these plays that they're aggressive, they're they're diving for loose balls, they're doing everything you need to do right. Uh, especially like I said, three game winning streak and you get a convincing one at that last night against Florida. I, I want to add on to that for just a second, Hillman, because I think you bring up a great point. This is one of those uh, occasions tonight where when you're going in the fourth quarter, you kind of said this and I'll, and I'll echo it. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, so how are they going to blow this one? Um, and it's not that I expected them to lose. It's, and it's not that I'd counted them out. It's one of those things where this team has just not been, I, I don't want to say capable, but not been very good at putting teams in their back mirror. I say uh, in the rearview mirror, and I say this about the men's team all the time, but we have high, very, very high expectations for the men's team. Right now, Auburn fans are just looking for improvement out of the women's teams. And, and, and I mean, hell, you've seen it. It's here. Hello. Three, three in a row. Uh, and and it, it was very impressive. I don't, I don't give a rat's rip about how good or bad Florida was. Not a good basketball team. Whatever. Who cares? Did Florida shoot the ball well? No. I think that we're, we're, we're forgetting a lot about this when the when the broadcast was mentioning about how not not the Auburn radio broadcast Hillman I'm not coming after you guys, uh, but uh, when the when the ESPN broadcast was mentioning oh well Florida's shot poorly Florida shot poorly have we forgotten the part where the Coach J defense didn't really give them any room to shoot? This team whether they were playing man whether they were playing zone whether they were playing help defense they played the tra- they trapped in the second quarter like a lot. Um, they don't care. They're going to stick to their brand, and that, first off, that's been the most impressive thing for me to coach. Uh, for me, watching Coach Jay's teams is she's instilled. Look, we may get steamrolled, but we're going to stay committed to this defensive scheme. We'll just as need be, and seeing players progressively buy into that. Now, granted, Auburn's healthy—that's a game changer, right? But seeing players progressively buy into say, say, saying, "Hey, if we can commit to playing this brand of defense, it'll level out." That's been impressive. So that's my pedestal. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I'm going to say big, big time Britt Bowen, by the way, voice of women's basketball, of all women's basketball. Hey, listen, That's right. He, 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 he needs some criticism. He, he, need, he needs to make sure he's <laughs> keep his head small. Hey, don't let his head get too big. Okay, Harrison. <laughs> you know, you know what? I'm going to make sure I clip that, Dylan, and I'll make sure and put that in, in Britt's inbox this afternoon. Well, uh, maybe, maybe we can get Britt on the loop and get the c- contrasting uh, opinions there. Uh, well, that, that'd be that. We don't need that to happen. I think we do, actually. <laughs> I'm, hearing, I think I'm hearing clicks. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing clickbait. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm about ready, Dylan, to get to where we're going to talk some football. So it's getting mighty chilly down here on the plains, and we're going to toss Dylan Lark the rope. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. 
then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. All right, this past Saturday was Auburn's junior day, but before we get into junior day, yesterday or two days ago was the conference championships. We're going to throw out a little shout out to the three Tigers who are going to be going to the Super Bowl. Uh, Prince Tego Wanago, who is on the Kansas City Chiefs, and we have two Eagles, Jack Driscoll and Aaron Sipos. Who is hurt right now, right? Who He's on the injured reserve, but he was the starting punter for the majority of the season. Hey, I've got, I've got an idea for a graphic. You need to make it like the Penn State graphic where every all every Super Bowl there's been an Auburn Tiger, except for four since 1950. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is. Whatever the stat <laughs> is, do it for Auburn. I think I that's have, a great idea. Just congratu- congratulations, Hillman. You're gonna be in a graphic, but it won't be that one. <laughs> I have I have that graphic saved on my phone. It is in my favorites because it's it, the worst graphic ever made. Please, please <laughs> carbon copy it. But do it for Auburn. I think that would be hilarious. Oh, dude, I will do that. You don't have to tell me twice. Great, I, Hillman. Thank you for my my podcast feed looking like this in the future. I appreciate you. <laughs> just, I just, I thought it was hilarious when when you brought that up. That's all I could think of was Penn State. You, you know, I'm glad you mentioned it. Actually, uh, Dylan Hillman brings up a good point here. Before we get into Junior Day, let's let's talk Auburn Twitter moment of the week. You know what? Let's do it. It's it's a clear it's a clear answer, and I'll let you go ahead. Uh, so there's been a uh, if, if you're familiar with last year's football uh, coaching staff, you know of our oh. wider of our wide receiver coach Ike Hilliard, who has made it his day job to go through every Auburn Twitter user and block them for no reason. All right, you want me to let you in on on a little secret of mine? I've followed and unfollowed him six times in the past two days to try to get blocked. <laughs> God, dude. He he was like one of the brightest spots of that right? coaching staff. Why? Why? I think that I didn't get blocked because I've tweeted too many good things about the Steelers or too many things about the Steelers painting me, and maybe he understands. <laughs> well, you're not wrong there. <laughs> yeah. But our runner-up was uh, Derek Hall getting out of his Ram 1500, which is jacked up like seven feet. <laughs> the best. I'm not a big truck guy. It's sweet. Oh, dude, it's awesome. I just love it because, like, he's such a large human that it looks like a normal-sized truck. It's fitting. <laughs> yeah, and I can't help but think of that meme. It's like, my papa drives a Rolls-Royce. My daddy drives a Ryan 1500. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. The great thing is he loves that stuff. He is obsessed with that truck. It's insane. And this isn't something – I saw a reply on Twitter about, oh, the NIL – He's had this well before the NIL money. He loves this. He's had it probably since high school, and he's just built it up as he as he, as he's worked for money. He's just put more into it, and it, it looks incredible. I love this. Oh, it's a sweet truck. I, I I'm a I, I'm a huge fan. I just this is a story I didn't know, but I did need to know. Oh, it, no, there there is a long backstory about Derek Hall and his trucks, and honestly, I hope it comes out in his draft. Uh, uh, you know, as he's approaching the draft during all of that. Oh, I cannot wait. 
I'm not even going to make the jokes. I'm not even going to make the jokes. Are we thinking of the same jokes about the NFL draft? <laughs> Just well, in between two people that have like tragic upbringings. Here's Derek Hall working on his pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking, he, he pulled up to the Senior Bowl in that truck, and we'll probably have more insight on the Senior Bowl. On the Thursday episode, just a preview, Ikuliota and Derek Hall's draft stock and whatnot. We'll probably throw in some Owen Papo in there just to get Tars fix in. <laughs> but We've got on. boots on the ground with the Auburn Daily there. They're spending the whole week there in an Airbnb. Air quotes working. Yeah, uh-huh. I'll believe it when I see it. I think they're just eating shrimp and hanging out in Mobile, which, like, that's a vibe. Uh, but we'll – We'll, we'll see who we can reach out to. Maybe maybe get a couple people on that are that are bigger on Cruton than we are. We're trying to get there. But that's Junior a nice transition. Day. Junior Day was this past Saturday at Auburn, and Hugh Freeze brought the house down the amount of recruits we had. 180-plus class of 24, 25 through 27 players came to the Plains on the same day on the same day as Alabama's junior day. Big time. Last season, Brian Harson brought in 20. Hey, it wasn't about getting the most guys. It was the right guys. <laughs> well, Auburn got the worst guy. <laughs> and then we replaced him with a guy who wants to recruit players. Speaking of and- some players – there's some dogs, Dylan. There's some absolute dogs in this class. I'm going to let you run through dogs. a couple of your favorites, and we're going to end with a guy who literally his parents had to drive him there, not because <laughs> he doesn't have a car, but because he legally can't drive. <laughs> we're to start off hot and heavy. If you're a fan of the show, you know I love the big boys up front. And nothing excites me more about this Auburn football team than the fact that Auburn offered four-star offensive tackle Ori Williams who, might I add, is six foot seven, 320 pounds. I'm six eight, 325. That's light. Dude, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and also, bring up another four star off of the tackle from the class of 2024, who brought up the fact that the fan base is amazing. Probably the best one he's ever seen. That it was from Jaquan McCroy, who is Correct six, six foot eight, 365 pounds. All right. Now that guy's bigger than you, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the commitment and this is this is where i was going to ask you hillman and, and talk a little bit about cruton i know that at some point you get to auburn overload um and, and there's some at some point you got to draw the line and i get it but from an overall perspective if you look at the commitment to what hugh freeze is doing uh, in terms of his recruiting strategy it's become blatantly obvious you address the positions of need that's a given for any head coach but he's He's, he's gone to work in the trenches and he's gone to work in the secondary more so than he has skill positions. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to get you, get your insight here. I personally think this is the right route. Absolutely. And it's, it, it all started back in December when he got hired and how, how he was going to really rebuild this roster from scratch. Cause yet you, you had a good base, but you still had a lot of ground to make up in, in this last recruiting cycle. And then these next two recruiting cycles, as we as we mentioned, we haven't seen a day like this in Auburn football recruiting in several years. It's been a long time, and it's really shown in the recruiting rankings and what Hugh Freeze had to make up this past December in just a couple of weeks. It still has a little bit of time. Uh, that that technically the signing day is tomorrow. I, I think we'll, we'll see Jeremiah Cobb and guys like that sign, but. We'll see if there's any other surprises 
up Catrice's and the staff's lease. But 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 overall, it's just so smart just to attack the online, bring in all of those four stars that we saw. That list that I saw was just overwhelming. That that's what it was. I I looked at it, I was like, okay, let's see how many like there's where do I start? Where do I start? I, I can't wait to see who comes back because I think that's that's the important next step is all right, who returns in the summer for a basketball game and then takes a couple of official visits to football games. That it, well, it remains to be seen, but it's just it's incredible because it shows the optimism and it shows the promise around Auburn football that we haven't really experienced in a while. So ha- having having this young base come in and, and, and like, like, like we've seen some of these quotes, they're already buying in and they already see the vision that Coach Free sees and the rest of the staff sees and, and then everything that has been great about Auburn the past years, the fans, the the, the the environment of these games, just the campus, everything about it that didn't change over these past few years. Combine that with this new vision, the optimism, things are really coming together. I couldn't agree more, Hillman. And, and Dylan, I'm going to give you a free quote from the Instagram grid uh, before we get into the rest of, 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 of this. It's not, we, 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 did, we had a condensed version here of, the, of our highlights and, and the guys we wanted to talk about because hopefully we got a guy coming in on the Thursday show that's really going to be able to break down the X's and O's and teach us and let us learn from him about really, really recruiting, if you will. Uh, I'll go ahead and say it right now, folks. Um, this junior day, it's not even close. It blew last year's Big Cat Weekend out of the water. For those of you not familiar with Big Cat Weekend, biggest recruiting weekend uh, at Auburn every single year. Every school's got one. It's got a different nickname, but it's huge for the upcoming seniors. This year's Big Cat Weekend is going to be something of the caliber of early Malzahn era, and that's good. That's very good, folks. That's That's great news for Auburn fans. Um, I, I think that this could be the, possibly one of the biggest, if not the biggest, Big Cat Weekends we've ever seen. The biggest uh, Cat Weekend? The big, the bigger Cat Weekend. <laughs> biggest. I like this. I like that. Well, 23 is, yeah, I guess 24 is his first real class. We'll, we'll say the biggest Cat Weekend. I like that. Uh, 2023 is your sample size, right? It's, it's your baseline where, where, where he had, Q Freeze had very little time to get this class together. 2024 is going to be where you can start giving out letter grades. And right now, the, the, the early stage work Hugh Freeze and company are putting in is an A+. Plus. Uh, it, it, nothing short of it. I mean, this is, this is stuff that if people go and get mad at me. I'll go and throw around some names that are going to piss some people off, and that's all right. This is, this is the caliber stuff you see from the early stages of Kirby Smarts, the early stages of Brian Kelly's. Um, I, I'm, 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 I, yeah, I know you're going to go ahead and clip that one and go ahead and put that down. That's okay. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> But I don't think I'm wrong. And I'm not saying that Auburn's going to be the next back-to-back national champion. That's not what I'm saying. But they're getting to the point where they can recruit with the big dogs. And that's what, if you're going to win in this conference, that's what it takes. You were not wrong. And it you brought up, this is just a sample size. Good God, what a sample size this recruiting class has been that he's brought in in class of 2023. Because holy crap. I mean, you, turnaround. you can look at what he's doing with the 24s. Let's look at what, he, what he's doing with some 25s. I mean, four-star four quarterback Antoine Hill came in. This is a guy we expected to get the Auburn O, picked up the Auburn O this past weekend, and, and he literally said verbatim, I hope if I come here he can do the same thing with me as he uh, and develop me so I can get where Malik Willis is. Folks, that is good news if that's a guy that you want on your roster. And let me let, me let you in on a secret. I think Antoine Hill is going to be a five-star by the end of his junior year high school. 
I think he's got big, that big of a uh, an upside. Um, and, and if you slide down to, and I said we're going to round out with him, but we'll go and do this one before we move down. 2027 quarterback, Trent Seaborn. Everyone's talking about him across the country after what he did at Thompson with against Auburn High School and absolutely made some seniors, guys five years older than him, look silly. His direct quote, per the Montgomery advisor, uh, I think they're great coaches. Uh, talking about Freeze and offensive co- coordinator Philip Montgomery. I was really impressed by their teachings and what they had to say. Coach Freeze, Coach Montgomery, they're great people, and I hope that maybe one day I'll get to play with them. Excuse me, hello, what? This is a 27. That's nuts. That's This is a 27 that everybody in the country is going to want. Just just, just dropping that mic there, Dylan. I'll let you get back to the 24. <laughs> well, let's also talk about the fact Hillman, that – Did we cut you off, Hillman? I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say about, about him is also, I mean, th- like you said, this kid is going to be someone that everyone wants, and uh, you're going to see him on the Alabama state stage and national stage in the coming years a lot. And, Absolutely. And, and having him in the home state and targeting him this early, that, that makes a huge impression, and it's a big deal. And one little tidbit, Dylan, before I, I, I get back to you, he goes to Thompson, a school that Auburn has historically been very, very bad at recruiting at. If he can get traction early at Thompson, get players interested in a perennial powerhouse on the national stage, uh, what are their, their four Pete winners now, right? Four Pete in the, in the state of Alabama. I mean, they are a, a juggernaut in, in, in high school football. If you can get kids there talking about it with their, their leader, uh, their teams like, on on field general i mean that that never hurts it's 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 a lot like we're talking about the comps with a darren reed commitment out of uh, out of uh out of uh phoenix city central phoenix city it's it's just a huge deal sorry dylan go go ahead that's just i'm very passionate and very hopeful about that oh well you're about to go into the conversation i was about to start up with the fact that <laughs> hugh freeze is doing something that we've not seen since maybe malzahn that we have a coach who's actively trying to recruit within the state of alabama and Auburn has been not even second place in Alabama in recruiting. It's been we've been behind Georgia, we've been behind Florida, Florida State. All these other schools are coming into our state, and Central Phoenix City is 45 minutes away from Auburn. Those guys should be locks. They should be not a problem. There's <laughs> there's no reason why an Auburn football coach cannot go right down the road and bring these kids in. There's no reason whatsoever. And bring up like Jamarion Burnett, dude really was coming here, four-star running back out of Andalusia, Alabama. And he had to say he was he was kind of disappointed the fact that Cadillac Williams was there, but he still was there talking to Hugh Freeze, and he still really enjoyed being around Hugh Freeze. Two things about Jamarion Burnett. One, he's the Nick, best nickname in this class so far. It's fat with a PH. Hold on. Or, Ori Williams' his name is Big Baby. There's also a kid um, whose name is John Wayne. So there's that. <laughs> um, said nickname, not name, name. Not not name, name. You're right. Uh, but Jamarion Burnett, first off, great nickname. And second off, his only like drawback this weekend to what we thought might have been a commitment and could still be a very soon commitment was the fact that he wanted to talk to Caddy in person. He was just a little bummed that he was sick. Okay. Sure. Come back, Come back next week. I don't. I, I, I told Dylan this. We, we talked on the phone earlier. Dylan and I did. I said, I don't think that that matters even a little bit. I think that that's – that kid was probably like, oh, that sucks. Cadillac Williams was sick. Hope he gets better. Let's chat soon. And Cadillac will probably say something to the effect of, sure, when do you want to hang out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, 
it's it speaks volumes of what the, the staff that he freezes brought together that these recruits are really ecstatic about talking to these position coaches and i know cadillac is an associate head coach cadillac is above all else right now on auburn but good god do these players kids high schoolers they love cadillac and the fan base loves them cadillac right i know he's an associate head coach and he's gonna be a head coach very soon but holy crap you need to throw him some money we cannot lose <laughs> cadillac ever and, and here's the thing we we saw how much he loves auburn and how much Auburn's giving back to him. Like he says, if you love Auburn, Auburn will love you back. It's just exciting to see him bring this type of passion and, and, and it rubs off on everyone. That That's for sure. And just see that sparked back uh, into this campus. I mean, I feel, I feel like I'm back in November. Like, again, my, my goodness, what a time that was. But, but now you, you think about the future and how bright it is. And I, I do think it starts with, with that guy, with Cadillac Williams, and, and, and just how he's – you're starting – like, in, in reality, think about this. Think about how much Coach Freeze had credited Cadillac Williams for holding that class together, as well as Zach Etheridge and – Trevon Reed. Robinson and Trevon Reed and guys like that. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. And, and if they were able to hold that together, I'm excited to see – what they can do, given full resources and full go-ahead to dominate the recruiting cycle. I'll go ahead and tease this for our future conversations. We're about to get out of here. I think that there's not a – it's a non-zero chance that Cadillac Williams could be the Marcus Freeman in, of, in the future of Auburn. I'm just going to go ahead and say that right now. That's a hell of a comp, and I know that. But um, programs work better when you have a coach in waiting. I'm not pushing freeze out the door right now. That's not what I'm saying. Don't get that twisted. But – I think there's a long-term plan for, for Cadillac Williams at Auburn. And if there's not, damn it, there should be. So that being said, Hillman, tell everybody where they can, they can find you, support you, love you, see your work and, or ignore you if they want to. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman, AU. We got a lot of Auburn sports network broadcasts coming up uh, tomorrow night. Auburn versus Georgia, Neville arena, six o'clock central tip off. Andy Bertram, Sonny Smith, Brian law on the air at five 30 tiger talk Thursday night. Uh, we're going to be joined by coach Pearl, coach Leroy Burrell, talking track and field. That indoor team is really, really good right now. Uh, and I think we're going to get Trey Donaldson on the air as well. And then Saturday at number two, Tennessee, Andy Bertram, Brad Law are in Knoxville. I'll be in studio. Uh, that game is at 1 o'clock Central on the air at 1230. Right on. Daniel? Daniel J. Locke, um, Opelike Observer, Weagle 91.1 FM, Eagle Eye TV, any Auburn student media outlet I'm there. Weagle, let's go. He's also <laughs> at Daniel J. Locke on Twitter. I said that. Did you? <laughs> well, say again, Daniel J. Locke on Twitter. I'm a, as always, I'm at by Harrison Tar on Twitter. You can find my work at the Auburn Daily, the Auburn Daily podcast, the College Loop. And Dylan will plug all of our information there. Um, and sometimes you can see me at other places. I just pop up wherever I feel like popping up sometimes. So <laughs> it's, it's a fun time. If you want to, if you want really obnoxious Auburn takes, then you can find me at by Harrison Tar. If you don't, then mute at by Harrison Tar. Dylan, it's all you. <laughs> all right. I'm Dylan Lark at your boy, the tank on Twitter. Follow the College Loop on all social platforms. Again, for MySpace, we are on TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, oh, Twitter. We are on TikTok. <laughs> I don't have one, so I can't follow, but. Ah, uh, don't be like Jacob. Get a TikTok. <laughs>
and follow us. And you also follow me on the Auburn Daily Show, where I just had a show come out uh, yesterday, where you are, you're going to get a whole lot of negativity about Auburn basketball from that show if you go watch it. And I'll leave you all with a little tidbit from a four-star corner that was visiting Auburn. He said that Hugh Freeze is going to make an immediate impact this year. This has been the College New Podcast.